0: Good morning. It's Monday, March 30th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott. Hope everybody had a good weekend. So I have a question. Who are the best players in college football? Well, that'd be easy. You just go check an All-American team. Who are the best freshmen? It's also easy. You would just check the 24-7 sports true freshman All-American team. Best recruits? Check 24-7 Sports' recruiting rankings. It's pretty easy. But what about, broadly, the best young players? Like the future stars of the game, future NFL stars, too. If you were building that list, where do you start? How do you define young? What about under the age of 20? In my opinion, that's a perfect cutoff, because Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Micah Parsons, Jamar Chase, they're all 20 years old already, so they're on anybody's list of the best players in football, period. But under 20 and you're digging a bit deeper, you're combining so far production and recruiting pedigree as a way to definitively highlight the best young talent in or entering the college football ranks. And if you're wondering why I'm asking that, it's because Monday at 24-7 Sports, we revealed a 20 under 20 list, which is kind of a play on our 30 under 30 coaches list. But the, the 20 under 20 is meant to identify the best young talent in college football. Go check it out. Who's on it? Well, for example, Georgia's Nolan Smith is on this list. And this is why this is different from a true freshman All-American team. Nolan was the number one recruit in the class of 2019, but with just two and a half sacks, he didn't deserve to make our true freshman All-American team. But our national experts and our people who cover Georgia still believe in him as a massive talent. Who else? Well, we've got three incoming 2020 freshmen, who all got grades of 101 in the top 2 four, 7 coming out of high school. They have not played a snap of college football yet, but this time last year, neither had Derek Stingley. And don't forget about him. I'll come back to Stingley. And get, this is kind of fun. In an under-20 limit, you're also locating some younger upperclassmen like Alabama cornerback Patrick Sertan Jr. and Oregon left tackle Panay Sewell. Those two are so accomplished and yet still have so much room to grow. They'll turn 20 soon. Back to Stingley Jr. If this list has a headliner, it's him. The LSU cornerback was phenomenal last season, picking off six passes and playing a massive role on that title-winning Tiger team, and somehow it wasn't that surprising. Stingley was the number two player in the top 247 rankings in 2019, the highest ever for a cornerback, so the hype was massive. He skipped the All-American game in San Antonio, two Januarys ago, to go ahead and start working with LSU during its Fiesta Bowl prep against Central Florida, and he dominated. A cornerback has never gone higher than third in an NFL draft, but if you want to get crazy and look ahead at the 2022 NFL draft, could Stingley be in line to break a record? I mean, how would he not be at least a top five pick? But what happens before then, will be one of the more interesting storylines in college football because Stingley is positioned and perhaps well positioned to make a Charles Woodson-esque push for a Heisman trophy. There's plenty to talk about when it comes to the 18 year old known as little sting and given the advent of our 20 under 20 on Monday, I called up his father, Derek Stingley senior to get some answers. All right, we're bringing in Derek Stingley Sr. Derek, we've got your son, obviously, sort of uh, headlines our list of 20 under 20 college football's best players under the age of 20. I guess that's not really a surprise to anybody. But in doing some research for for this interview, I really loved reading about his upbringing and, and how you were involved in that and sort of all that went into Derek learning about football. He hung out at your practices when you coached in the Arena League. He had route trees drawn in paper on his walls. You guys would drill on every route in the in the yard. What do you think when you look back at Derek's football upbringing was the most important aspect of all of it?
1: You know it was more so him wanting to do it like I've never you know just said "You have to learn this or I need you to do it this way it was It was all him you know it was it was every day he was just like. Dad, can we do this? Dad, can we play catch? Dad, can can you show me this? So it was all on him, you know. So you know, you you would think with someone like him that because of what I've done, you know, with my career, that I would probably push him to do things. All that was basically him, and and I just nurtured it from that point. But but I did have a conversation with him. I said, listen, man, if this is what you want to do. This is how we have to approach it. You know, you you have to be serious about it. You know, you have to do things that other people are not willing to do. Like you may have to get up early. You may not have time to play on the video game. You, you we may do extra work after practice. And he agreed. He agreed upon it, and, and the rest is what you see now.
0: Any idea how old he was when you guys had that conversation? Oh man, you know it
1: was it was it was probably back in... Back when, you know, I was coaching, what year was that, 2009? I was coaching in the Arena Football League. It was called the AF2. And that was uh, me coaching the Bozier City Battle Wings. And we would drive back and forth from Baton Rouge. That's where we live, up to Shreveport, you know, uh, during the latter part of the week, to go up there for practices and things like that. And I think it was somewhere within that conversation, in those car rides home. I mean, back and forth on a highway. And he was serious about it back then. So that would have put him at about eight years old, maybe. Wow.
0: Yeah. And he he's already regarded as a technician with elite ball skills. Anyone who watches him sees that that's obvious. I'm wondering, though, he's also a really rare athlete. And a lot of that, most of it is probably genetics. And Derek has great bloodlines. But how did you hone and train that athleticism? Like he he runs a four Last we checked, it might be faster now. Like was he always going to be that fast? Like did he play other sports? How did you do that?
1: Well, the, the good thing about um, Derek always being with me is that I'm also a trainer too. I train speed and agility and strength and conditioning as well. So at at his uh, it was, his it was upbringing, um, I owned a gym where I, I was partnering with the gym. Um, here in Baton Rouge and I would train, you know, the local high school kids. I would train some guys for their code days. Or we would just train people who just want to come in and, and get faster, stronger, bigger, all of the above. And Derek would be right there alongside the people I'm training. You know, he's he's like seven, eight, nine, ten. But he's doing every drill. He's in everything. And it was amazing because I would also trained some kids like a local like um, park district baseball team. And, and they may have been like 12 years old, 12-year-old league. And um, Derek would be eight, eight years old. And he would outrun, out-hustle, be quicker than all the other 12-year-old kids. And I'm looking like, this is unbelievable. But it was because he was naturally at every, every workout session, every practice. Now, I wouldn't like... Include him in it, he'll be on the side doing it. And like he would watch what we would be doing, and I would, you know, just look over there now and then and say, Nope, run like this, keep your elbows like this, make sure your arms this way, you know, those different things. So I didn't like train him right alongside pro guys or college guys, but he was there mimicking and doing things. Now, naturally, when our own time came, I did some things with him, but it wasn't like, okay, you're gonna work alongside this professional athlete or this college kid. But he was there every day, and I think that that had a lot to do with it because from that point on, it was easy to train him, you know, because he would correct himself sometimes. You know, if I would say Derek, you know, that wasn't right, he said, yeah, you know, Dad, I didn't have my hand right. You know, I felt weird coming out of my stance, things like that. And he still do it to, to today like I was training him yesterday and we were talking about a drill and he was like, but wait a minute, that's not how you do the drill. I said, Derek, this is how we do the drill. He's like, well, no, it's your drill, but you're not doing it right. I said, Derek, I'm adding to the drill. He's like, Oh, okay. I get it. Because he was so used to it being a certain way. So he's just one of those guys where, you know, he's a, he's a, He's easy to coach, and you know he, he loves being coached as, as well.
0: When do you think he realized he was going to be better than anybody? It sounds like maybe you knew, but like, was it the opening finals in 2018? We're out in the sun in, in Frisco, Texas, and it's 115 degrees outside, and nobody's catching a pass on on Derek, and he's going against Kyle Ford. Like, was it like did he walk away from that saying, oh, "I got this"? Like, when was it?
1: Derek Derek does not even think on those type levels. He don't ever say oh, I'm better than this guy or this guy or I'm I'm the guy, I'm the man. His mind don't go there. It's just I think he's in more competition with himself. And for him, his job is to defend the pass. And to be honest, and I'm not saying this, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way, he's not like saying I'm defending you as a receiver or you as a quarterback. He said, I'm more worried about my technique and what I have to do if this happens and how I got to react to it to make the play. Mm. That's his mindset, you know. Now, he respects his opponents, without a doubt, he does. You know, he has to do his homework on whoever he's going up against. But he's never been like, I'm the guy, or I know I'm that good. You know, he was surprised. I wasn't at that um, opening in in Frisco. I was I was away coaching in the indoor league, and he called me like immediately. He was like, Dad, Dad, I just ran a four 4.3. I was like, what? Oh, my God. I said, well, you know what? I knew you would do it because we were still training at 5 every morning. Although I wasn't home, I had a good friend of mine who I trust and believe in. He would also train Derek. So Derek would get up at 5 in the morning before school, go train, go back home, six, 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 6 o'clock, get ready for school, drive over to school for an 8 o'clock class. And that was his daily routine leading up to that. And I told him, I said, you know, I, I wasn't surprised that you did those times.
0: I mentioned the opening, but it's another all-star event that I think really, as far as a college football audience begins to tell Derek's story. So it's the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. This is two Januaries ago. And we're there watching practice, and it's like Derek's class of 2019 classmates. And Derek's not there, obviously. He's in, he's in Arizona doing fiesta practice, and we're all reading these articles about Derek's picking off Joe Burrow. He, he got Dave Aranda saying he's the best cornerback we've got. And so Derek, like his teammates are his, his, his peers are you know, going against each other, and now Derek's going against you know, Jamar Chase and, 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 and intercepting a future, future Heisman winner. And I think at that point on, the the hype train really started going on a national level. He obviously lived up to it, but I think it was clear then that he was about to to sort of have a monster freshman season.
1: Yeah, you know that was that was actually a difficult decision for for Derek to make because you know as a kid he always wanted to go to you know the All American game. You know I think it was the U.S. Army game at one point, sure. and and that was the thing that he wanted and. But when we were faced with an opportunity for him to actually start practicing with LSU, we were like, wait a minute now, you know, what's more important? It's like, you know, I, you know, me personally, I was like, Derek, I said, look, I know this is what you want to do with, with the All-American game, I said, but you have an opportunity to now get better, like get extremely better or to at least, you know, see where you stand or where you size up with, with your future teammates. I said, you know, go ahead and make the decision. I said, I'm with you either way. I said, I know what you always wanted to do. Said, but you know, I just think that this may be better for you. And he said, Well, Daddy, I I think I'm ready for college. You know, I'd rather go ahead and do that now. And and I was at every practice, and and it was amazing to watch. Like I remember, I got there late on the first day. And I was trying to find him and I was looking. I was like, where is he? You know, everybody was out on the field already. I'm like, where is he? You know, they were all like stretching, warming up, whatever. And I said, oh, wow. I said, this is real. I said, because he belongs because I can't find him. He's sitting right in with everyone. He doesn't look like the little kid or, you know, he got the little boy's face, but, you know, his body type, he's bigger, you know, he's one. he's muscular. I'm like, I can't even see him. I said, so, okay, he, he can he can, he can can sit in with these guys. And then when practice started, and he was making play after play, after, and he's picking balls off. And, you know, one-on-ones, he was just not having his way, but he was making difficult on, you know, whoever he was going up against. And then he was picking balls off. And I'm like, this is crazy. And then team period, he's picking balls off, 7-on-7. Seven seven. I was like, this is nuts. And he kind of looked at me all, you know, coming off the field. He was, like, shaking his head with his little grin. And I kind of knew what he was thinking. And I, I, I kind of walked over to him. I said, it's not going to always be like this. I said, so remember, you got to prepare every day like, like you know, like, like this is your, your hardest day. So... He was like, yeah, I know. And from that point on, it was the same thing. It's like at every practice, he challenged everybody. He never made it easy on whoever he was going up against. And it showed throughout the year as well.
0: Well, you, said, you, you say you, you told him it's not always going to be like this, but, like, it was. Like, you fast forward, it's you know, 12 months and, and a week or two, and he's a national champion. He just got done locking down, like, T. Higgins and Justin Ross. and And now it's like, he's the best cornerback in college football in my opinion and in most people's opinions and like Derek when you when you when we talk about your son it's it's almost like he's a national champion he's he's like I I hate to project to the day that college football doesn't have him but in 2022 he's going to be a top five pick and it's like kind of what's next and now I got to ask you the getting snaps on offense is that something that you think happens this year? You knew I was gonna ask that. Is that is that a this year thing? Is that a twenty twenty one thing? Because he has everything else. I mean he's gonna have everything else, you know, probably get a Thorpe along the way too, but we could make a Charles Woodson like run out of Heisman here, can't we?
1: Well, you know what? That this this thing has has grown some wings and it's it's going way out there. Um I you know, I I, I can't be in control of what Coach o, Decides to do with Derek because that's his football team, whatever he chooses to do Uh, with Derek, whether it's, you know, offense, defense, including special teams. But Coach O and I and Derek as well, we, you know, we, we talked about some things before um, he signed his letter of intent. And, you know, at the time, Coach O was really ready for him to play two ways going into his freshman year. And I just say, look, Coach, I, I, I think Derek is a great talent. I say, you know, he can do it on a high school level, I think, with no problem. I believe that in college, you know, he he would have some struggles. So I would love for him to be able to just understand, you know, the position of being a, a defensive back early on in his career. I say until he gets to the point where he master and he has the understanding of what he needs to do as a corner, I said, if you feel the need to play him at offense, then then great. And then I said, in my opinion, I don't think that would be into his junior year. But now, if Coach O thinks that he's ready, that he he got a full understanding and he can protect himself and play both sides of the ball, and that's on Coach O. That's that's his decision as a head coach. I, I can't do anything about that.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to the day we see it. I'll send you out with this. Uh, you said you guys were staying in shape and working out. That's no surprise. And we were all kind of finding creative ways to sort of get through this quarantine. As a parent of one of college football's best players, like, how much time do you think these guys are going to need to get in game shape if if we do have a season come late August? Is, is June, is, is July pushing it? Is there a point where it gets unsafe, in your opinion?
1: Well yeah, because here's the thing, like, you know, by me being a coach that I coached, you know, Arena Football League for years, um, you need a lot of prep time. You know, there's a there's an acclimation period in in all this, you know, not only just the physical part, but the mental part as well. You know, you got to install plays. You have to you have to see if things work and don't. I, I think if it goes, if this goes into July, we may have to push the season back. Mm-hmm. I think if, if things start like normal, meaning with fall camp, you know, the latter part of June or however it works, something like that, I think we're good. But if, if it goes any further, I, I think that the season needs to be either pushed back or we have to do a abbreviated season. One or two.
0: Well, I appreciate it, Derek. I hope we don't get to that point. But uh, excited to watch Derek whenever we get there. <laughs> so uh, thanks so much for your time.
1: Well, I appreciate you guys, man. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. all this. Thank
0: you. I appreciate Derek joining us for that interview. He was great. I, I, I learned a lot. I hope you guys did too. Excited to see what you think about it. We're going to have a lot more coverage this week on the College Football Daily as far as the 20 under 20 is concerned. We're going to tell you about a Miami defensive end who you might never have heard of who could be a top 10 pick in 2021. We're going to cover the all-time recruit bracket. That we've been rolling out at 24/7 Sports. Checking my content calendar, I think we should have a Sweet 16 by this point. And we're going to do another rewatch on Friday. Last week we did the 2001 Arkansas Ole Miss game that went seven overtimes, and from there we talked about Matt Jones becoming an SEC legend. That game and in the next few years, and we also talked about Eli Manning and what he was like as a recruit. So we're going to do another rewatch Friday. Stay tuned for whichever game that'll be. So you can follow along. But other than that, that's going to do it for today's episode of the college football daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five star rating on Apple podcasts. If you have a good idea for something you want us to cover on the podcast, leave it in a review. I see the, I see a few out there. I promise we're getting to them. There's a really good one about how will new coaches who are implementing a rather exotic scheme do this or struggle to do this without spring football, such as Mike Leach at Mississippi State. Uh, I'm going to have Charles Power on the podcast at some point in the next few weeks to talk about that because he's going to work on a written piece on that as well. So keep helping us figure out what to talk about during the era of the coronavirus. So for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott, and we will see you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.